1: let's go what's up everybody welcome to bingetown tv this is brian here with kyle and producer dave pd and today we're going to be talking hbo's new hit series the last of us this is going to be season one episode two entitled long long time and as always, before we get into the action, I do want to reroute you guys over to BingetownTV.com. If you like what you hear in the next hour or so of us talking, you can find our full catalog of other shows that we cover. Right now, we're doing Showtime's Jackets. I think we just dropped our first uh, podcast episode covering that. We got Shadow and Bone coming up. Uh, in the past, we've done House of the Dragon, The Boys, The Mandalorian. That's kind of our stick. We got over 300 episodes. So go over to bench town tv and check us out but here we go episode three long long time definitely a change of pace from what we're used to i'm going to point out the elephant in the room we are down a man if you've been following for the first two episodes jimmy was unable to make it for the recording so i'm going to be carrying the brunt of the uh veteran load here but yeah definitely a change of pace from our first two episodes we get this honestly beautifully crafted love story that kind of has shades of the mosaic episode from the magicians. Kathleen Mm. would be remiss if I didn't bring it up, but (laughs) the parallels are pretty obvious. Uh, I, I thought it was really good, completely unexpected. And everybody was saying before this came out that it was their biggest divergence from the source material. And I think we'll get into that as we cover the episode. But it certainly was a divergence in the character Bill and I guess Frank, too, that I think completely worked for me. Our two rooks here, Kyle and Dave, had no preconceptions, I believe, of the character Bill. So tell me what you guys are thinking from, uh, as this, ep- excuse me, of this episode as a whole.
2: Two quick comments, really quick. Go birds, obviously, nice win <laughs> yesterday. So got to put that on the podcast. The second point is Jimmy. He could be infected right now. That's all I'm going to say. He probably started his day with some toast, you know, got some flour in there. So we don't know what his deal is. He could be turning right this second. We'd have no idea. Um, But yeah, B-Toms, you summed it up really well. Um, I had no conception of Bill or Frank. I didn't know anything about their backstory. didn't even know them as characters besides what we have just heard through the grapevine with Tess in the past couple episodes. Um, I honestly really liked the twist of being them of them being lovers. That was something that I personally, for some reason, just didn't kind of assume, which I guess there was no evidence to assume that they were lovers. But honestly, it was a really beautiful episode. Um i I really did enjoy it. My only thing for me is that, I'm a big action guy, so I like a little bit more suspense, a little more tension. We didn't really get much of that this episode. I think there was just like one scene with some invaders, which wasn't enough for me to, you know, feel that anticipation. But still, overall, I think, I'm sure B-Times, you can uh, attest to this as well, that just getting the backstory on Bill and Joel, like this in-depth character arc for them was, was really good. It seemed like for the most part, the, the reception was really positive. I think most of the positive reception was from the video game audience, whereas people who are maybe watching this for the first time or experiencing The Last of Us for the first time maybe didn't like it as much because it was a little bit slower paced, which I totally get. But for me, I at the end of the day, I still thought this was a really wonderful episode. It did give us a nice little break from all that suspense and tension and just presented uh, a little bit of a light in this otherwise completely dark and barren world. So... Just really like the episode. I don't know how much I'll have uh, comments for on this episode, but we'll see when the uh,
0: discussion gets there. I think this was, I mean, granted, there's only been three, but this episode was an absolute 10 out of 10. I thought it was definitely the best of the season. I'm almost hard-pressed to think that there could be a better one for the rest of the season one, <laughs> but obviously we will get there. I knew that uh, Nick Offerman was going to be in the show mm-hmm. again, just through promo materials, it just completely blew any expectation of what like role I could have seen him playing in the show. Like The beginning of when we meet Bill is like, okay, this is a classic Nick Offerman character. Yeah. And then the journey that you go on, again, just feels almost classic Nick Offerman, but on the opposite side of the spectrum a little bit. He's just a fantastic actor. And, and Murray Bartlett as well, who uh, you guys, I don't know if either of you have watched The White Lotus.
1: Of course, yeah yeah
0: season one just was the best character by far so it was such a nice surprise to see him again and yeah i just absolutely loved it it was it was really good i like that we kind of bookend it with our kind of the storyline we've been following but i like how dave kind of said it It gives us a little bit of a respite not that we maybe needed one after two episodes but it was nice to have one
2: yeah we got a lot of death in the first two episodes so they're here like they're Granted, I guess we get do get death at the end of this episode, but it's in more of a, a romantic way. So it's not as dark as the other deaths were, per se.
1: Yeah, a lot of the response online was like, oh, my gosh, this was the saddest hour of television. Like, How could they do this to us again? I I was feeling happiness the entire time because I kind of could see where they were going with it. And when kind of the final act of Bill and Frank gets carried out it was very poetic it was very satisfying just like bill says in the end i I was happy for both of these characters and the whole point was they were able to carve out a little slice of heaven for themselves in this apocalyptic wasteland but like kyle said this whole bill and frank saga is bookended by ellie and joel in present time The beginning scenes are them kind of just navigating the open country, which we're kind of seeing for the first time, actually, in the show is is open country, the United States outside the QZ on their way to Bill's place to try and rendezvous with him or whatever. And actually, a lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, 10 miles outside of Boston. You're going to act like that isn't the Pacific Northwest, because come on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, a couple good scenes here with Ellie and Joel, just having some good dialogue. I think the first scene, she confronts him. He must have been just being pissy on their journey. Like, hey, listen, buddy, you and Tess agreed to do this for a car battery, whatever. Don't get pissy with me because there was collateral damage, which I think she was pretty in her lane to say that personally.
0: Yeah, definitely. I was glad, you even one of like the best Ellie moments so far of all three episodes.
2: It just kind of really does show her maturity because even as a young teen, she's still able to get the feeling that Joel is just, you know, secluding himself from her. He's just presenting no no barriers to be broken down. She, she feels like Joel is blaming Tess's death all on her, which he is. And even though Ellie, again, is like 14 years old, she still is able to see that Joel sees it as her fault when in reality... I love how she flipped it on him like, you wanted the car battery. It wasn't like, I'm just here because this is all according to your plan. So whatever happened, happened. It's not my fault. And I think Ellie is really developing into a great character, even though we don't get much screen time for her this episode. She does offer some great comedic relief, which I'm always game for. I think she's been very funny these past couple episodes, and she's really developing into someone that I can definitely respect and can see myself loving even more later on but uh, and even when she says that joel even himself kind of
0: is like shit you're kind of yeah. right like i'm pinning this all on a 14 year old like very nice like silent nod of approval yeah like, exactly mm-hmm. exactly a little bit of mutual respect they're like okay
1: yeah there's going to be a lot of silence coming from joel's end honestly yeah. silent nods of approval those sort of gestures for him uh but i think it just shows maturity of ellie that like she knows not to internalize it on her she can like I don't know when kids' parents get divorced, they are just like, oh, was it my fault? Ellie's like grown up to be like, this ain't my fault. You guys took this on. So I Mm -hmm. I really like that confrontation. But they're kind of just walking. We get a couple shots of them just going over a bridge or whatever. And how do you guys like how inquisitive Ellie is at all times, always? Like, are you getting bothered? Like, do you find her annoying when she's just like, how are Bill and Frank? Where did you get that score? Can I have as, a gun, like, <laughs>
0: audience members? It's nice because like she's kind of a proxy for us almost in that situation yep. or in those situations where she asks the questions and we get answers that we also want. I especially, when I, you... I feel like I'm like David said, I'm liking her more as the episodes go on. I would almost go out and say that this was my favorite Ellie episode as well.
2: You can't blame her for asking all these questions. I mean, she's literally been trapped in the QZ for fourteen years of her life. She has no conception of what's beyond the walls. Even if what they taught her in class, it's clearly not. They're not even teaching her everything that she needs to know to survive. Clearly, and so it's. I don't blame her for asking all these questions. I think they're the perfect questions to be asking. It's just coincidentally she's with the one guy in the world that is just not
0: going to give her any of those answers. I just got deja attack uh, on Titan deja vu when you just said those sentences right there really like you Maybe could have based that analysis on the <laughs> yeah. well you like you know she's never been outside the wall so she's asked yeah. all these questions and I was just that's the first thing I thought of
2: and of course I think her bringing up the gun is just always hilarious because there was like a hundred guns on the wall like you could <laughs> yeah. definitely
1: spare one for her so that I thought not think funny it's funny on. I'm not getting sick of it and it's interesting you brought up because she says I would for the second time I think she's referenced that she was brought up in a federal school that wasn't really a concept in the game so I'm I'm as a viewer for the first time interested in how they're using that to kind of explain her discrepancy and knowledge, like between someone who goes frequently outside of the QZ and someone who's only had the the Fedra propaganda to go off of. Yeah, yeah it was but- interesting that they never talked about like the cause of the outbreak or
0: anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just trying to suppress information, I guess. Maybe in general, but it seems like that would be information that they uh, maybe would it's just they, to share.
2: they just don't want to like make it seem like it's their fault like yeah, The government should have known that the flower was corrupt, and yet you still put it out there kind of thing. And, and she literally she, does say that, I'm pretty sure, actually.
1: She said they didn't want to teach us how the government fucked up oh, in preventing yeah. a pandemic, essentially, yeah. Yeah. which is one of many reasons why they wouldn't want this information getting out there. But, you know, so let's talk about this gas station scene. Pretty good explanation. You come across these places in the video game that just randomly have bullets and you're like, why are there so many bullets here? And they just casually say, oh, yeah, me and Tess strategically placed it along our smuggling routes. That's a perfect valid explanation for me. But I'm like, Ellie, girl, maybe not go into the dark face. (laughs) Come on.
0: They do a good job. And I was thinking of it while this scene was happening of like, they do a good job of setting up scenes like this, where like, again, we know Ellie's immune. But like Tess said last episode, she's not immune to being like completely ripped apart. So like part of you is like, oh, like she's technically good because she's immune. But then there's still like a level of suspense built in. But then again, at the end of this scene, like nothing really happens in terms of like negative, like she doesn't get attacked or anything. So it just like is another scene where like the tension is ratcheted up to 10 and the music's there. And then like, we kind of come down off of it. And I'm just like the way that they can kind of play with us in that way where we'll probably get us seeing that it's ratcheting up and then it actually turns bad. So it's just kind of fun that these scenes are possible.
1: How do you interpret kind of how once she shown the light and saw that it was kind of an incapacitated, but still alive infected person how did you guys interpret the interaction between Ellie and this infected? Because she was curious, you know, and she what do you take of it all? Do you make anything deeper of it or just a kid interested with something she's not familiar with?
2: I mean, she, like, I mean, we see it that Ellie is clearly very curious. I mean, she did the whole uh, escape, like went to the part of the QZ that no one's allowed to go to thing and went by herself. And now she's exploring this dark room by herself and so it's obviously a big piece of curiosity. I think she was, you know, just trying to gather information on her own. Like she does gently slice open the forehead. She sees the fungus inside of it. And then I think she realizes, OK, you know, this thing is completely fucked or it could pose a threat later on. So and maybe she also wanted a taste for her first kill of one of these infected. Yeah, so I think that's why I took it. Yeah, so she, she kind of does the the looking into the forehead, and then I think once she sits on all that information, she's like, okay, let me just get a taste for what it's like to kill one of these things and just put the knife through the, the head, which she definitely is that. more efficient than a,
0: than a gun. Two yeah. bullet gunshots, which is crazy. She, she asked Joel last episode of, you know, do you ever feel like remorse? She was asking about the concept of killing them, and so I mm-hmm. think that it was say experimentation yeah. feels like a weird word, but it seems almost like the right word of She just plunges the knife in and kind of maybe seeing, gauging how she feels about it. And I mean, again, like we just said, she wants the gun. She obviously wants to be able to use the gun and be able to protect herself. I don't think she wants to rely on this immunity because of, again, Tess is you're not immune to getting ripped apart. So she wants to have some level of experience
1: in protecting herself. So, yeah, she's just dipping her toe in into the water as it were. must I- have felt kind of good, no lie. <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah.
2: Yeah. For yeah.
1: sure. I was also, maybe you guys didn't read it this way, but did you get any, let's put this thing out of its misery? Like, even though mm-hmm. it is, like, no longer human, it's trapped under rubble, like... Yeah. I don't know. Point. There's almost a a sense of compassion there even though it isn't a human per se it's still like a humanoid figure that she was like looking in the eye i was just gonna they almost made it look sad
2: i I was just gonna make that point that they really i felt like they were emphasizing the eyes of uh the infected that was there on the ground and it definitely could have been i think alki had made a comment like oh my god is that bill or frank and i was like oh so I, i wasn't really thinking about that too much i was more so on the long slides of along the lines of oh shit like Looks like maybe Bill or Frank got turned, and they were trying to get some, like, recon, and then they got trapped under some rubble kind of thing. Um, Obviously, that gets completely thrown out the window, but I was just... When Alki said that, my mind started racing on the fact that, oh, shit, like, if Bill and Frank are done for, then what the fuck are we... What's going to happen next? But that wasn't the case. But you're right. I think that's a good point to bring up, that it could have been a sense of mercy, in a sense. So...
0: I like that she finally, I don't know if they did it in the past couple episodes, but she has that light that's like on her backpack strap, Mm -hmm. which is infinitely more efficient than actually holding a flashlight like they were. And I think last episode, so I was like really glad because I feel like I she was wearing it on her backpack. I was like, why aren't they using that? And then she used it. And I was like, that is a much better way to go about
1: things. Pretty sure that's a thing in the game. You just like there's a button that puts on your shoulder flashlight, which is kind of cool. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Damn, and I mean it's it was so just the
0: funny it. the tampon thing was funny because it's like again, realistic. Mm-hmm. She would obviously at some level <laughs> need that. So and then again, like things you don't think about, but then when they show up, it's like, oh my god, that's like an actually again, like the showers at the end of the of the episode. And we talked about probably in episode one or two, maybe of like they probably all just smell terrible. So like mm. the whole personal hygiene aspect that you obviously can't get through the screen of just watching them is funny to get those reminders.
2: Put it in the perspective: I haven't showered since yesterday morning. I went to the gym and I already reek of shit. <laughs> so
0: like, times that by like
1: twenty years. There's just well, I guess no to, maybe way. After twenty years, you would get used to it. At I some guess. Level. Yeah,
0: everyone just gets used to yeah. each other's like mosque. a
1: month without a shower would be like a couple of days for oh, us. God, yeah. it's gross. <laughs> we were talking about it last week i think there would just be ambient smell of death in the air so you <laughs> yeah. would get used to it
2: i don't even know yeah. if i would want to shower because then you get the sense of cleanliness and then it's like all right time to yeah, dirty, dirty myself again would be like, yeah. Fuck.
0: like stepping your boot into like a little dirty water would be like oh my god wet socks yeah like i might as well just ride it out i'm not <laughs> showering like- until all this is done <laughs> Oh, and to your point, maybe be times about the, the ambient smell of death. I'm sure it was wonderful to just walk through the countryside, like getting out of the yeah, city and just being that, able to yeah. walk through like the forest was probably like the most therapeutic thing. I mean, it's an well, apocalypse, but
1: I feel like this is a point in a lot of apocalypse stuff. Like when you get out of the real urban dense metropolitan stuff nature takes over like completely and there is kind of like a a quiet beauty to the nature being able yeah. to reclaim the world as it were though i digress ellie finds the tampons also shout out mortal combat before we leave yes. the gas station yeah true because uh, we can uh melina actually, Molina, melina, melina actually. Oh, bon. i'm gonna get crucified on this yeah. Bonk. that was a little horny <laughs> That was a little horny comment right there <laughs> glad jimmy's not here honestly yeah but, right uh, he would have slapped your wrist but yeah only one more scene they pass this this plane after they leave the gas station and i just thought kind of the difference in opinions where ellie was like dude you got to ride one of those things take it up in the sky and joel's like yeah, a couple times, but like, so did they. <laughs> and she's just like, damn, dude, that's pretty grim. And yeah. then also here, Joel fills her in on his best explanation, which we know is the correct explanation for the reason of the outbreak. It got into the grain and flour shipped all over the world. And by Monday, everything was dead.
2: I like they and- put like a legitimate timeline on it. They were like, all the flour that was like the contaminated flour was all sent across the world like Thursday. Places, you know, opened them up and had people eating Thursday night or Friday morning Mm -hmm. of what it was. And then Friday night was the night where everyone who had eaten that contaminated flour just was was infected. So I really like that they added that like specific timeline of how quickly things went to shit, because I'm pretty sure he says like it was like Saturday morning, uh, you know, we're still recovering. And then two days later, everything is already like the world is done two days later, which is not a lot of time like for two days is crazy.
0: You think about like how fast things seem to happen with like COVID, and it was like okay, we get like two weeks off and we're kind of chilling, like things like that. And then obviously it's been dragging out, but that was like three days and like society
1: collapses. Like
0: that would just be like insane for that to happen.
1: And that's the craziest part is the realistic part that from one grain dispensary or whatever, like it could go worldwide very quickly, and nobody would be none the wiser until like three days when it was way too late. Dave, you were pointing out the realism. It really is. I love when there's like a, a real yeah. background explanation for yeah. whatever's going on. That's, but, and definitely
0: the most efficient way to do it. I mean, just people infecting people. You, there, There's certain barriers to that, but you're just sending out common food ingredients across the earth is like, okay, we got them.
1: And noteworthy that Ellie's best hypothesis was that a monkey was the first one to have the disease and bit someone. And- that just goes to show what Fedra is teaching in their schools, you know, because they're probably privy to how it actually started. Last thing we need to get through here is kind of the human burial ditch. Yeah, That's kind of near the plane that Joel wanted to take Ellie around so she didn't have to see. Um, but yeah, very are only has limited number of space. And if you weren't one of the lucky few to get in quick, they would just shoot you because they'd rather you be dead than another infected. Yeah, and really,
0: like, I don't really know the exact word to use, but the transition from like the cloth around the yeah. skeleton bones into like the actual person in the flashback was was very well done. I'm glad we didn't have to watch like it actually oh go God. down. I think it, it was enough that we just got the transition and that like hit emotionally yeah. exactly as hard as it needed to.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought they were going that way and they yeah. were going to make us watch. So I was really happy when we fell yeah. into this nice love story here. Yeah, yeah. It was but, nice
0: Yeah, to get Bill just acting like a psycho, but like you know, like kind of like giggling going around town, like executing his plan was a much better watch than all those people. Could
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I guess it's time to get into it. Some of these scenes, I'm sure we're not going to belabor the point because it is just one long love story of stuff that really doesn't impact, our modern day story until the end but yeah first impressions of this dude bill i mean i just love these scenes of him like waiting out the Fedro, like rounding everybody up just waiting for his time to emerge and then he knows exactly where he's gonna go he's just he tells us later he's a survivalist there are people out there that just like prepare for this and he probably woke up dream come true it was amazing
0: watching him just like get the boat go get some gas hit up yep. home depot like start chopping down some trees just you know goes by the the liquor store and is like ah, okay brings of a bottle of wine <laughs> like he just oh, like, literally wine. literally living his best life it's, it was so funny to watch him just like go around and complete little side quests
2: it probably worked out in his favor that the government rounded up all those people because if they hadn't and the word got out that there was an infection going around. All those stores would have been ransacked immediately, but yep. him just casually strolling through and then the power going out in Home Depot and him being like, oh, damn, like that was quicker than I thought they would do. Like as if yeah. he had it all planned yeah. out to the very T, you
0: know, it a it's, huge it's, generator.
2: Yeah. I just thought it was a really cool introduction to the to the Nick Offerman character. And uh, it was so it was just funny. He was like so goofy in a sense, but like so ready for anything it, it, it was so hard to describe but he
0: was definitely a great character it was just a great it was just fun to watch him do all this stuff it, it, he was just so fucking ready to rock yeah just this no was- hesitation
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah so the last thing we get before our next time skip is he's set up all his security monitors and he just sees a runner cross one of his trip wires and get absolutely clapped with a shotgun just like strung up to a tree which is just so back country like never gets Uh, old put together trap but yeah that must (laughs) been so satisfying
0: i love how he takes the whole town like it's just i've never seen anything like that like with the walking dead like they have the town but it's like a settlement with like a bunch of people mm-hmm. and even when they take over the prison it's like there's a bunch of them but he's just literally one guy like with cameras just like casually eating like a very nice dinner like just chill and live in life for literal years by himself mm-hmm. it's just it was fascinating
1: and that takes us to four years later, we go from the infected walking into one of his traps to an actual human who we learned to be Frank. And what were you guys thinking of this whole interaction between the two? Just the, the opposites of who they are. Frank, very charismatic
0: from the get go. Uh, and I was actually shocked. At, I mean, I guess, and later it gets explained of why, of like how... Bill, how kind of not necessarily open, but kind of welcoming in a sense, Bill was. Like he tests him that he's green and good to go. And then he kind of like it felt like he would be much more aggressive. He seemed like more of an aggressive person. But maybe yeah, that's was, he felt aggressive when he was alone and he could just be whoever he wanted to be. Now that there's another person, he kind of shrinks inside of himself a little bit.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, is I was uh sorry, Nick Offerman's character is Bill, correct? Or is he Frank? Yeah, Bill, okay, so Bill, yep. Yeah, I was Based on what we had seen with Bill earlier and kind of just his survival instincts, I really did not expect this to go well for at the, for this person in the pit who I didn't know was Frank, I guess, until we get the name drop later on. But um, I really thought we were going to see a side of Bill where he was just going to kind of kill this person because he seemed very content with just being by himself himself. It's hard to trust anyone in this world, but I guess Frank's really got that riz. And so he's like, very he came in like, good. he was like, he got the check mark, but he was still being so like nice about it. He's like, you know, like you could already tell that I'm a pretty bad liar. He was like stuttering with all the questions that yeah. Bill was asking him. So you could kind of get a vibe that he was a little innocent, but still I'm surprised that Bill was so easy to let him in. Definitely. But the dinner definitely was the the cherry on top in terms of, okay, I can definitely trust this guy now, like which is a risk to take to get him into your place for sure. But mm-hmm. once it was solidified that, you know, they had a connection on a like a little deeper level, then it made sense that Bill would keep him around.
0: I love the dinner scene. I thought it was so good. There were so many like little things in it just like the way that they were interacting with each other and looking back, it's like obvious that. That Bill was like so starved for like attention and like some type of like human connection. Like, he obviously was very self sufficient outwardly and he could fix it and run at electricity and water, but nothing could ever fill that little bit of hole, maybe in himself,
1: of like that a human being could. Even if he had like a dog, maybe it would have helped. And that's the thing, you can tell Frank from The first thing he says from the pit is this charming, self-assured guy, a people's person. And I think Frank's Gator is going off from the first moment in the pit trying to feel Bill out. And then he just full on goes for it. Um, But yeah, like you said, Kyle, I mean, Bill is this guy who can clearly handle himself in the apocalypse, but is completely disarmed by the charismatic Frank, who himself is charismatic, self-assured, out of the closet but is none the wiser at how to survive the apocalypse. And it's just, they fit perfectly like this puzzle. And I mean, the piano seat, first off, Frank's smile when he first puts the plate down and just like full beaming, like, oh my gosh, this is like... What the fuck, man? This Can is you amazing. Imagine? He hasn't no. eaten in days oh like they're just
0: trekking from literally on foot from Baltimore. And then Whoa. you get served up that meal after falling into a hole, would be like, oh, I died, went to heaven.
1: After getting a hot shower and fresh clothes for the first time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Dude, Bill,
0: Bill's got the real Riz, Dave. He's fucking giving you him think? a
1: shower, fresh clothes,
0: <laughs> cooking him a dinner with the right wine pairing. Dude, he had him bagged Well, up.
2: That was. Uh, that was immediately in the moment for me where i was like okay this might get a, this might become a, a like a love relationship because the moment that frank calls him out for that like oh like you've paired this steak with the perfect wine that you could ask for and like uh, bill just kind of shrugs it off it's like okay well, there's some tension here
1: actually bill specifically says I know I don't seem like the type who would know oh, that. Yes, yes. And Frank's like, no, you seem like the type. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. it's so
2: good. He knew <laughs> this
1: is just Frank knows exactly what's going to happen. He's just trying to get bill there too. But I mean, he picks the right song, I guess from the book and bill can't just sit idly by and let him butcher the song Long, Long Time by, oh, my goodness, Linda Ronstadt. Let's give her credit where credit's due. Instant add to me, if not <laughs> to make me cry whenever I want to cry. Um, <laughs> the new take but, on
0: me. Yeah.
1: Honestly, yeah. Oh, my God. The magician,
0: <laughs> the magician comparisons here, man. They're I can't really... think of the Kathleen's going to be listening to this right now and yelling it in her car whatever. But Whatever the song, the it's like euphoria. Whatever the song is from the the Mosaic mm, yeah, episode of yeah, yeah, The yeah. Magicians. It's uh, on my yeah. phone somewhere, but similar vibes.
1: Ron Swanson though, with a hauntingly beautiful rendition, uh, who yeah. knew we had it. He's in just him? awesome. This scene was so good. Like the, like the reluctance you could feel of, the like it was uncomfortable, face,
0: but like not because like he was like necessarily, like like his like, he was in danger. It was just like a, like an emotional uncomfortable, which he probably hasn't been in four plus years, and it was just so good, man. Can you imagine being alone for that long and then just meeting a person and uh, almost immediately banging them like that would be the greatest (laughs) feeling ever like finally getting that nut off with like a real human (laughs) being like an actual connection would be slice of
2: heaven like b tom says it really is for both of them it worked out so well
1: and an added layer it was bill's first time of course he said long ago he did it once with a girl but a lifetime ago so yeah jesus all that pent up emotion
2: yeah i was gonna ask that question too if but that definitely brings shed some light on it because it makes sense that he would be like closeted because that kind of explains a little bit more into his personality of not not just being the survivalist, but, you know, you can see the you can see how that has affected him in these conversations with Frank. And he's clearly definitely a little uh, like nervous and it's kind of cute,
0: but yeah, it, it's, it's just well. so nice. Yeah, I just again, it was just every scene was not more shocking than the rest. the next but just like nick nick offerman is just an amazing actor it was like just it just felt like everything was coming like almost out of left field and i was loving every second of all of it Mm
1: -hmm. they both did a great job and frank says Bill go take a shower and when he emerges Mm -hmm. Frank's already under the covers and they hook up and Mm -hmm. then we get this nice three years later time skip and they are well into the the day to day routines of a relationship they are bickering over kind of just the aesthetics (laughs) Frank wants to take on this project of restoration essentially of the shops around town with the expectation that he wants to meet friends and invite oh. them back to their place and bill's just like what the hell am i having to listen to right now like this is just such it's so a good. random bs conversation between boyfriend and boyfriend or boyfriend and girlfriend whatever but in the setting of an apop a zombie apocalypse yeah. if you will
0: i yeah. love it it was so what he's like he's like if you i swear to god if you say resource management i'm gonna kill you well, is that he's something? Like, the he's like the government are nazis and he's like the government are nazis and he was like no not back then they weren't now they are
2: i was so surprised that uh bill was so willing to he says friends and i'm like what the fuck like there's no friends there is yeah. nothing around us there's well, if, and if even so someone does what it turned out to be yeah and even if someone were to be like wander into your slice of heaven, you wouldn't. I, I mean, I personally am on Bill's side where I'm like, I would shoo them away. I'm like, this is oh, yeah. not for you.
1: I love that. Well, that's just, the whole thing. It's the opposites yeah. are yeah. attracting. And it turns out that Bill, Frank, opened the door that Bill never would have opened to himself. And he found these rewarding relationships with Joel and Tess, who at the end of the episode, he begrudgingly admits. <laughs> We at least had a respect for each other. I yeah. won't call us friends, damn it. But it was something that he he never would have had these human interactions without Frank, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and sure. that kind of I think they just cut us right from that conversation about Frank wanting to make friends to Tess and Joel actually aged down, which was pretty fantastic. Yeah at a dinner table just right in the front lawn, having a nice steak dinner, and we get all of their Personalities, you know, Frank and Tess are kind of just conversing, and Bill has a gun pointed at Joel the whole time, and Joel's <laughs> like, "I get it, bro. I'd be doing the same thing." Um, put
2: that fucking thing out of my face.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was good. And I
0: like the matchups. They like kind of their personalities matched up perfectly, and I, and again, like you said, there was a little bit of time skip. I think they handled, and we'll get to more of them, but just like the they jumped in time, like perfect little increments for sure. Yeah
2: yeah, there's no reason for us to cover, you know, like five years of nothingness. Like they we didn't need to get really their like their first first interactions. Like they're just right at the dinner table. We get thrown right into it. Like we just can make the assumptions right offhand because and they allude to it, too, with them talking about how, you know, I think it was Frank who was like kind of just reaching out to someone on the radio and Tess was the one coincidentally right. to answer. So, It just, it was just a really well worked out plan. And again, like Kyle said, just seeing Tess and Frank being just like so close right off the rip. And then Frank or Bill and Joel just being the same, but just like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. shooting like lightning at each other. It's just so funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was good. And I like that too. We got the, the original conversation of like setting up the codes. Mm-hmm. Of like '80s is trouble yep. and things like that. That was a fun little nugget.
2: Yeah, that was a great reveal too. That it was them who had set up the the '80s yeah. is trouble reveal and that was cool. Um, so when we got that, my immediate first thought was, okay, something like, like that's kind of it. Kind of started clicking for me. Like, oh my gosh, like they are definitely turned now because. If they're playing 80s is trouble over the speaker and that's what sent Tess and Joel this way, you know, something definitely went wrong. And so I'm thinking back to the clicker that was under the rubble. I'm like, shit, that was definitely Frank or Bill, one of the two. and (laughs) But it didn't work out that way, but still just really great that they we see uh, like Tess and Joel's side of survival skills pairing with, you know, Frank and mostly Bill's survival
0: skills. I really like I'm in love with the way that they did this episode, but that would have been interesting too if there like was some type of like defining characteristic on that infected that Ellie killed. And then like when they got to the house and they saw like a painting of like Bill and it had like a scar that was on the infected that Ellie killed, that would have been kind of cool. But this I mean, obviously I love the way that they did did this. But that was just an I didn't it didn't even cross my mind at all that that could have been Bill or Frank. That would have been a, a somewhat crazy twist right there.
1: I was in unfamiliar area this whole episode, so that was my greatest fear as well. That towards the end, it was going to be revealed that that zombie was one of Bill or Frank. But that'd have been tough. God bless them; they let us have this. (laughs) They really did. (laughs) Thank you, HBO. (laughs) My goodness. Um, So yeah, just I I really like the kind of man-to-man conversation that Joel and Bill do get after tests and. Frank walk into the house where Joel's like, hey, as far as anybody, you could have gotten on the radio work on a good Bill's like, all right, yeah, that's exactly what a asshole would be saying. Yeah. He's like, all right, but let's get practical. I can get you things that you need from the QZ, like aluminum spool that could reinforce your fences for the rest of your life. It's already wearing. So like there is a practical side to this relationship between the two. Yeah. Um, Like you said, they cover that. They establish the 80s code. And then as they're leaving, Joel kind of brings Bill to the side and says, hey, look, you got a great setup here. You're protected. Fedra's never going to come up here. You're going to be able to defend against any stray infected that come up. But the Raiders are going to come. And when they do, it's going to be under the cover of night and they're going to be well armed. And Bill's kind of just like, all right, we'll cover it. We'll handle it. That probably won't come up later.
2: <laughs> Little um, lo and behold, it goes right into coming up later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. So before it comes up later, Frank shows Bill the strawberry patch, which evokes oh, nice. the rarest of all laughs, a Ron Swanson giggle yeah. Yeah. when he bites into that <laughs> strawberry.
0: It was so good. I mean, it was I I'm assuming the purpose of it, and I did it really well of just showing how much Bill has softened over time like it was just it was awesome like them on the run and they're joking it's just i can't say enough good things about all these scenes but that's what like it was just a short one a bigger one coming up that we're obviously about to talk about
1: yeah and they also established that bill is kind of slowing down physically while frank is the one jogging which sets up kind of the role reversal later after the 10-year time skip that's a great point um but prior to that you know frank wakes up to an explosion one night bill isn't in bed with um you know immediately grabs his handgun and goes out to bill confronting the raiders that are at his fence dude's just standing in the middle yeah. of the street with a hunting rifle dude's just a badass and i think that lends to earlier when joel is telling ellie dude missed me with a shot and i missed him too it happens more than you'd think mm-hmm. kind of adds to the realism like People aren't that good at shooting, certainly not untrained raider militia. But anyway, dude's a badass. Frank runs out. He's got two bullets in him, pulls him back into the house. What are you guys thinking here? Did we think that was it for Bill?
2: No. No. Yeah. I, no. Just because I guess this will tie into a question that I have later in regards to the Bill and Frank characters for the video game, but just because Tess and Joel were just so set on getting there it just it made me really think that both of them were going to be alive at the house and so even with the bullet wounds i figured everything was going to be okay i mean i guess it really wasn't okay but um i just i i didn't really have a, a moment of doubt that bill was going to die from that gunshot wounds
0: it was too early yeah it was a
2: little Not like early, in like yeah. the, in the actual well,
1: timeline of where we were is it not easy to say that in hindsight, considering this show has a habit of ripping characters we love away from us too soon? I meant more like the like it had only been ten years at that point, so it was only like twenty thirteen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's oh, what, true, true. Yeah, that yeah. was the and other she thing. She kind of
0: so. said, "Get him to Bill and Frank," mm-hmm. and it seemed like they I wouldn't have maybe talked in like a decade or whatever it ended up being. So that was yeah. the only thing. It was not. Exactly. I mean, it, he was acting like it was the end, though. I like that he was mm-hmm. like call Joel like get the Joel Joel will protect you like I like that they had kind of shown that begrudgingly obviously on Bill's side like he sees Joel as maybe not an equal but someone who's just like him.
2: You're absolutely right Kyle like the the images were 2013 or the that that scene was in 2013 and yeah. then in 2023 present day you know Tess is referring to Bill and Frank it wasn't just yeah. okay let's go see Frank so there was yeah. hope for me that Bill was going to end up living.
0: Yeah, I wasn't too hypnotized. I wasn't. I was just not hypnotized enough by the love story to yeah. <laughs> know that concrete logical fact. All right. So, yeah. I have my wits about me still. But this, <laughs> when they get older, uh, all logic went out the window, and
1: I was, I, I was a bit.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So some. People out there were probably thinking that Bill might perish, but not our roads yes, here. They on. they watch TV. Come on. They knew <laughs> that we had one more scene with Bill and Frank. And let's take us to this 10 years later, where, like I said, the roles are now reversed. They immediately establish that Frank is now wheelchair ridden. He has he just looks older than Bill, who they already established was aging quicker. So something's up. Um, I was thinking ALS
0: because he yeah. says Something that like, that's there just- was no cure for it even before everything went to shit. Something that kind is kind of losing bodily function. So
1: I just, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter, but he's losing his quality of life, is all that yeah. matters. He's dying, it's terminal. Bill isn't ready to let go. But one morning we find that Frank has pried himself out of bed. He's like, listen up, because it took me all night just to sit up straight. This is gonna <laughs> be my last day. Um, and seeing <sighs> honestly just the emotional range from nick offerman like you think of him as ron swanson i've been calling him ron swanson this whole time yeah. this like just the epitome of manliness and just kind of see him break down and and show this tenderness and this emotional side was just really something honestly and and kind of the so good. yeah this was just a great scene what are you guys thinking here
2: it's so uh, brutal man it's just yeah. Like, I mean, obviously the logical thing, you know, put him out of his misery in my mind, at least maybe. Okay. That's it's maybe not logical to some people, but to me, you know, the thing would be, okay, I get where he's coming from. You know, he's suffering every day, put him out of his misery kind of thing. But I just, I hope to never understand, like never be in that uh, situation, at least in Bill's shoes where I would have to put down my partner like that. That's just something like, I know that uh, Frank is just like begging him to do this, but for me, it's just it would be so hard, like just being the one to deliver the wine and just knowing what's going to follow after that. It, it's such a tall task to ask of someone. But again, I get where he's coming from. It was just so painful, like you guys have said. Uh, Nick Offerman's acting here was just incredible. You could really feel the devastation that he was going through in that moment, and it was killing me to just know that this. Like he was definitely going to do it by the end of the day. Like I, I feel like I had just definitely had set my mind on that because we had just seen him so. Uh, at least Frank was so, just terminal, like you had said, yeah, it so. almost. Yeah, so it was just it was painful, man. And Nick Offerman just absolutely crushed it. And I credit to um, Frank as well for being so positive and trying to guide Bill through all this mm-hmm. because he's like, look, you're like you're not going to ruin this is my day. Like we're going to yeah. have a nice time, and we're going to, you
0: know, we're going to plan it all out. You yeah, know, so I- activities. I'm sure that was like part of that was obviously he wants to have a good day, and the other part is that. Makes it a little bit easier on Bill that it's kind of like we're working through a checklist. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just like how the line he says when he's like, you know, just like, whether it's like, love me how I'm asking you to or whatever, it's just. I, there was a lot of very good quotes from he the has, two of them.
1: Do you love me? Then love me the way I want you to. Yeah.
0: And fuck, man. That's just yeah. like when you especially when you put it like that, it's like then Bill almost like you have to. You feel bad that you're not and you're being you feel almost selfish in that way. And I don't know. They they just depict all of the emotions just really well, yep. and I it was fucking. I was. Cry, I. I started tearing up at this point, and
1: then as they go through it, it was just worse and worse and
0: worse and worse.
1: <laughs> so, they go through the checklist. One of which is getting married. I yeah. think they present rings to themselves, and then that leads us to this nice end of the day dinner where they have the same meal that bill made for frank on that first day so long ago he adjusts the plates in exactly the same way and instead of sitting across from the table like day number one bill is now sitting right next to frank um and they're they're both changed men obviously after so long together yeah um it's fucking beautiful man That's, i yeah i almost wasn't expecting bill to do it because i thought In the games you meet bill bill is alive that was gonna be my question so you only meet bill and those i'll get into the all the differences after we rip this but i was expecting joel and bill to be able to have a confrontation but i agree in the context of of how they made this story it just made so much sense they they set up this character bill Who kind of found comfort in his solitude before meeting Frank and then found this life that he could no longer live without. And he puts it great. He says, this isn't the tragic suicide at the end of the play. I'm old. I'm satisfied. And you were my purpose. And Frank's just sitting there, starts smiling. Number one, I would be so happy to hear that too. I, yeah. A little part of me not to have to go through it on my own. And he says, I do not support this and I should be furious, but from an <laughs> objective point of view, it's incredibly romantic. Yeah. And he's just like, take me to bed, man. We're in this together, just like we always have been.
0: Just the the idea of finding someone amidst all of like the chaos and the bullshit and being able to spend like having that level of quality of life while in your own little oasis with someone else is just like a concept that I feel like I've never encountered in any type of like apocalypse or zombie story, especially not in like the detail and like the level that we get it in this episode. I, it was just fucking like you said, it was fucking beautiful. It was just amazing absolutely no notes i have no negatives i was like again like you said expecting bill to live and have an interaction with joel and ellie but and i didn't even anticipate that this was possible but it i feel like it's better
2: yeah i completely agree i think the outcome of how they close the the chapters on bill and frank's um quote-unquote book here was just perfect that was my question was going to be exactly that. B times, like in the games, like if we're playing as Joel and Ellie, like do we ever get to experience Bill and Frank? Is it just one or the other? Because yep. this would, I know this was a big divergence from the game. So I was just curious to hear how they, like in the games, like were you just, you show up to the house and they're dead or was it, yeah, but you had already so, answered that question.
1: And if we don't have any more comments, about these scenes I will get into kind yeah. of how the differences between this and the game. So my well, only sp-
0: comment is going to be I'm literally like feeling tears in my eyes thinking about it again. Yeah, it really was yeah. just such a beautiful episode. <laughs> I mean it was just I I literally just watched it so it's it's a fairly fresh wound for me. Yeah. I uh, it's ju- I I'm I cannot imagine me liking an episode of this season more than this. It's uh, it's going to be up there for for sure. It's going to yeah. and not even in a bad way of like it's all downhill from here. Just it was so unbelievably good. I just it like, reminds
2: yeah. it reminds me of the uh, the Sandman episode of um, what was the guy's name who lives who got granted the ability to live forever?
1: Right, Ha. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So
2: it's like it was that episode of the Sandman all over again. Just yep. a beautiful love story. Well, I guess in that sense it wasn't a love story, but it was a friendship at least. And then here it's a love story, and so. What made that episode so great was it was just so different. And like Kyle said, like this is just something different that we never got this in yeah. detail in a in zombie apocalypse story. So uh, the, uh, credit to I knew that the showrunners like we had said it on the end of last podcast episode. I was like, you know, if next episode, it's going to diverge a little bit from the games. And I personally knew right away. I was like, I trust them completely with everything they have. They have the credited source that they need they have it directly from the source material and they absolutely nailed this one i didn't expect to get an episode like this and yeah, i'm no, boy, not at all. i'm sure as hell happy that we did get it in the end
1: i don't think any of us should hold our breath for another one i think yeah. that yeah, is our yeah, feel-good episode yeah. of the season i
0: think i think neil the creator even said like why is everyone so sad like this was the happy episode
1: yeah, 100%. On Twitter or something
0: that I saw. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay.
1: Happy tears. It was very happy. Yeah. And it's these two got to live a satisfying life. Mm -hmm. Filled with love. And it's a great thing to say. The last thing I want to say, just I think the pacing of this episode was fantastically done. But one thing someone pointed out is in the early scenes with Bill by himself, smash cut, quick cut montages of him running all over the place. Once Frank enters, there are no more montages. All the scenes are like a lot longer and a lot more slowed down. You don't get these harsh cuts. Um, which That's just fun. goes to show that life slowed down for him when he had this calming presence of Frank oh! in his life. <laughs> um, Yeah, so let's, let's get into the differences here. So for the next, I don't know, two, three minutes, spoilers for the video games, if you want to continue watching the show and play the video game fresh, so don't listen. But like I said, in the games, you only get to meet Bill. He kind of has a similar compound um, which actually you have to navigate through as Joel and Ellie and kind of like evade some of his traps. You get the f- the feeling in the sense very early lo- on that it is kind of a-, a shaky at best relationship between Bill and Joel. When you finally do meet Bill, he is very much kind of the doomsday aggro guy. Um, and you don't get to meet Frank. However, he kind of briefly brushes over the fact that him and his quote-unquote partner Frank had a falling out years before the events of the video game. Um,
2: So in the games they weren't like lovers it sounds like
1: it wasn't like I guess it wasn't like
2: fully confirmed until this episode that they were lovers
1: in the games they give you enough that you can tell Bill is trying to hide his homosexuality as I recall so they are lovers in the game but Bill did not want Joel to know they were but you could Tell as I recall. Yeah,
0: anyway, a, yeah.
1: the whole arc in the game with Bill is you need you're asking him for a battery for a car, similar to like in the show, and you kind of go to a school school in town that he said a military truck had crashed not too long ago. When you get to the school, there is no battery in the truck. So you kind of come back through town and in a house in the suburban area, you run into a corpse that had hung himself with a suicide note that turned out to be frank who still stayed in the general vicinity the town actually stole the car battery himself so they do find the battery in the car um but there's a suicide note actually where frank said specifically that he hates uh bill's guts so wow they do not have a happy ending i i I believe that's how it is it's inferred that when he died he still did not care for bill and wanted that to be his final message to bill
2: interesting i would love to see that dynamic in the games but Mm -hmm. i guess they never
1: suicide note was much better oh
2: yeah i was just gonna make that comment it's so much
1: better um also in the games he is not he's not a character you root for he is very rough around the edges it's kind of think if bill had never met frank and just got to stew in his okay, solitariness yeah. like a little bit unhinged him and Ellie chirp back at each other because he's very headstrong and like Ellie just pushes his buttons about various things. Um, so and I'm this sure.
2: Would- and if they were lovers in the game and who knows how, how recent Frank had killed himself in their relationship that they were lovers. So I'm sure when you meet him in the games, if that was a thing that would just add an extra layer of density yeah. to, to bill <laughs> for sure, because If that had happened in the show where Frank is the one that dies and Bill actually ends up living, I could totally see Joel showing up and Bill just being like, yo, this is not a good time. You need to just give me like
0: five years of solitude yeah Yeah. we're saying earlier like imagine how good it would feel to like finally make some like human connection and then imagine going through a breakup in the apocalypse Be like yo come
2: on yeah it's like if you're bill and you got you guys break up like are you just gonna send frank back out into the wilderness like to die or are you just gonna like have him live down the house like down the street who gets
0: the house
1: yeah (laughs) well I actually have this note. My take of this whole thing is that in the video games, Bill is a character that proves how like having love and have it taken away, not through death, just by having a crushing breakup could turn someone into a cynic Mm -hmm. on top of the looming zombie apocalypse. However, in the show they painted Bill and Frank in like this loving relationship that proves, you know, the, the moral of the story is old as time that a life without love is not a life worth living, you know? So just completely, flip-flopping the character but to great effect i think um kyle you said earlier you don't see a story like this an isolated romance in a zombie apocalypse it was just like so unique to the genre to me and it it landed just very well but anything else on the bill and frank uh flashback any comments on how they diverge from the video game
2: no, just I think they no, I mean, just based off it, what you said, I, I think it sounds like they want the, the better route in the yeah. TV show, to be honest, which is a rare occurrence. I feel like mm-hmm. usually a lot of the times the source material storylines are usually better than what the TV shows kind of twist them to be. This one, I think, was way better from yeah. what it sounds like. I'm sure it's a different experience playing the game, obviously, but this was a perfect
0: a purpose. Perfect episode. And I'm sure we'll have no shortage of like actual villains and bad people to root against in the future. So it was nice yep. to to run up the score a little bit for the good guys. <laughs>
1: From my POV, Nick Offerman, the bill in the video games would have been a nailed on Nick Offerman type of character. So I would have liked to see him bring that character to life and kind of chirp back and forth with Ellie. I think that would have been very funny and entertaining, but I'm glad they went this route as well. Yeah. So... Let's take us back to present day with Joel and Ellie kind of walking up into Bill's compound and they can immediately tell the flowers aren't being tended to. The candles were let to burn all over the side table. Something's up. Eventually, Ellie finds the suicide note to whomever, but probably Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie's like, I figured I'd fall under whomever. So I just she does. She does. Uh, And Joel says, you know, get on with it. Why don't you read me the note? And I'm just going to rip it here. Well, at least the best part of it, I think he says <laughs> some funny stuff in the beginning, but the the meat of it is I never liked you, but still, it's like we're friends, almost. So I'm going to tell you something because you you're probably the only person who will understand. I used to hate the world, and I was happy when everyone died, but I was wrong because there was one person worth saving, and that's what I did. I saved and protected him. That's why men like you and me are here. We have a job to do, and God bless any motherfucker who stands in our way. I left all of my weapons, used them to keep uh, somebody safe. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie doesn't want to say the name. Yeah. Joel knows the name. He's like, give it here, Malfoy. I got to read it for myself. Um, And this just is another reminder of his failure. Gosh, how many people have I not been able to protect yeah. my daughter, Tess? Now I'm with this girl, Ellie. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I should just leave her here so I don't kill her. Nah, he's not going to do that. But (laughs) this
0: this scene, again, Pedro Pascal as well has done a really good job of, like we've said, with Joel, fairly limited dialogue of just kind of like facial acting and things like that. And the only thing I was thinking about while he's outside, while he takes kind of that minute to himself is just like, so he's obviously he's lost his daughter. That was a long time ago. He's lost Tess. He's now lost pretty much the only semblance of friends that he might have had in the world. And his brother is in trouble, and it just feels like it's all boiling to a point where like, he's not going to be able to take it stoically. He feels like he kind of takes everything on the chin and he doesn't want to talk about any of it. And I think it's going to be interesting where we get to the breaking point. I feel like there has to be a breaking point. There's no way he can just keep Taking all of these body shots and uppercuts and just kind of rolling into a new day. So I'm just kind of I'm not interested because I don't want to see that happen to him, but it feels like that's kind of where his story's heading.
1: And our overarching theme is him trying to get to Tommy yeah. to protect one of the last connections he has yeah. while reluctantly
2: ignoring one that he has right in front of him that he needs to protect
1: (laughs) that he needs to protect he's reluctantly accepting her because he knows this is just going to be another person for him to get attached to and want to protect that could be yanked away from him
0: i love the when like they're they kind of come to the agreement that she's coming along and she agrees to the rules. And then he literally just looks up to the ceiling and just has like the deepest sigh. (laughs) It's just like,
2: he's (laughs) like, ah, fuck. Okay. Here we go. You can tell he's still, even after the note, after everything, you could still tell that he is so hesitant to form any sort of bond with Ellie. Like he lays the rules out straight up. He's like, he's like, you know, you're not allowed to, (laughs) you're not allowed to ask any questions. Like you just have to do what I say. It's like, he really, he just doesn't have any confidence in himself anymore he's already like kyle said he's lost two people that are almost like i mean besides tommy he lost two of the people that are closest to him and so now you're throwing a third potential candidate that he could quote unquote fail and so he's stuck in this in his mind where do i try and save this girl do i you know do i just screw any like just fuck the attachments. Like, Tess is gone. I can literally do whatever I want now. Like, sure, I can go find Tommy. Do, I don't really need this girl. So he's just like so torn between all these emotions. And I agree with Kyle. I think there's got to be a breaking point. Like, we get a small one with the guard in episode two of him, like, seeing the 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 flashbacks of the guy that killed his daughter and he beats mm. the shit out of her. Like, that was only like a snippet of what I think would be the boiling point and breaking point. Like, I, I agree. I think there's going to be some kind of snap and... Maybe he thinks at some point he loses Ellie and she's actually alive. And that just caused him to go into this rampage. Who knows? But yeah, he, it's Tommy. coming.
0: Tommy gets clapped in front of him. Oh, yeah. I could see that. I, I know. All. I'm not going to want to see it, but I mean, Pedro's going to kill it. It's going to be a great God. acting performance if it happens. But it totally possible. feels like we're just kind of at this point, we're a little bit of a runaway
1: train car. Just, yeah. just
0: going towards some type of collision mm-hmm. with his this, mental
1: health. This also is the first time Joel breaks it down exactly what we're doing. We're heading west because I want a rendezvous with my brother in Wyoming, who I think is running into some trouble. He's a former Firefly, so odds are he can he at least has contacts that could point you in the right direction of these Firefly doctors. So that's the mm-hmm. first time Ellie is let into the fold, into the loop, if you will, mm-hmm. Kyle.
0: I like the the idea of the former Firefly stuff. I'm not sure if I just mm. completely forgot that it was like that in episode one. It felt like he still had I interpreted it feel like that he was still kind of part of the group in episode one when they were talking and such. So I think that'll it's interesting of like a former Firefly and what like what the fuck Tommy's actually up to.
1: Dave, you excited to see Tommy?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um I think it had talked about it in episode one that uh, we know we've seen Joel's reaction to Fireflies. He's not crazy about them, and so it'll just be interesting to see how him and Tommy's dynamic changes because of maybe Tommy joined the Fireflies. Like Tommy, maybe views it as something that's just and and righteous, whereas Joel thinks they're maybe like a just a bunch of assholes who just don't want to survive like properly or something so it'll just be interesting to see that how that dynamic shapes out or if they're just still boys at the end of the day and the past is still the past and you know they still have their bond as brothers so i'm definitely excited to see tommy i can't even begin to guess when i think we would get introduced to him i would guess yeah i'm gonna guess episode so we're on three i would guess five like i think one more episode of like traveling with ellie getting some clickers in and then we reach our destination episode five how that's many is there? Eight we, biggest we are. Thing,
1: we are nine. 10 miles out. There are nine episodes. We are 10 miles outside of Boston right now. We need to make it to Wyoming, Yeah, though. We do have hard. a car now.
2: That's true. We are. We're in the we're the midway point. So things are about to get shaken up a lot more than they already have been.
0: But we, I mean, we did find out from Frank about 20, no, 16 years ago, I guess, that the Baltimore OZ fell. Mm. OZ.
1: It, QZ, Q-Z. <laughs> Latin, the Q-Z.
0: Um, so I'm curious if other, I'm assuming that others have maybe fell fallen. So, uh, maybe we'll get to like another one of those. I feel like it would be interesting to get to like another big city fallen. But yeah, I think that's the number one thing in the immediate future that I'm most interested in is how they handle us gapping that distance. Yeah, let's get a little. Uh, what is the, what does the travel look like?
2: Let's get a little I-95 Philadelphia <laughs> action in, this, in these upcoming yeah,
1: episodes. Hell <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah I mean, they got to go west. Dang ridge yeah. and just
1: head, rest, head yeah. west. Head <laughs> west. There you go. So Joel's got a couple rules if they're going to be traveling together. Don't bring up tests ever. Don't tell anybody about your condition because they will shoot on sight after they see the bite. And you do what I say when I say it. Them's the laws.
2: Two of the three rules are pretty... Are, are like are fair enough rules, but the one about tests. I mean, I get Joel still obviously going through it, but the two other rule rules are definitely logical, and of course Ellie is. Definitely going to break the you do what I say whenever I say it rule at some point. So we'll see what
0: what, what causes that to happen. But yeah, she's going to break it in a bad way and it's going to create bad things. And then she's going to break it in a good way. And it's going to be like a life saving thing. And then <laughs> she's going to hold it over him. And he's going to be like, Fuck well,
1: you know? yeah. speaking of breaking rules, she finds herself a little handgun in the next scene when they're rummaging for supplies. Interesting. The two things she grabs are like toilet paper and a handgun. So she's like ready to go. She is. What else
2: do you really need <laughs>
1: and she already got her tampons true <laughs> true that so they just gather supplies as much as they can carry and they are off on their way in the car and before they exit the fence we pop in a cassette into the uh, what would you call that like a tape deck or something cassette tape deck sounds good <laughs> yeah. doesn't that sound good that sounded really good in my tape head tape we're going with it with tape me. deck let's do it so we pop the cassette yeah. into the tape deck. Who is it? But a Linda Ronstead cassette long, long time starts playing dude starts chopping up onions. I like that.
2: Joel also appreciates uh, Linda Ronstead as well, because that was kind of the thing that brought Frank and Bill together. And he's like, I don't know. Don't change the song. Like, I like Linda. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, so this girl. Is, Do you know Linda Ronstadt? Yeah. <laughs> a thirteen-year-old. <laughs> I'm twenty-seven.
2: I'm
0: about to be twenty-seven. And I've never heard of Linda Ronstadt, to be honest. So. <laughs> that was perfect. I I love that. Like we got a lot of those moments of Ellie, like touching a side view mirror and has no idea where the seatbelt is, and she's like looking at an airplane earlier, like holy shit, look at that. Like yeah, it's this, just fun looking actually... at her explore the world.
1: Right when they walk through Bill's pristinely kept house, she's like, Holy shit, just looking around at like yeah. a well-kept house. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I actually do like the seatbelt touch because it's very true. Like, when would she have ever been in a car? When would she have ever been explained yeah. what a seatbelt is? It's not like anyone's driving or flying or anything. So seat belts are a completely unnecessary commodity nowadays.
0: It's totally and my thoughts. As they're driving away and like the out the like the opened window where they had written in the note that they opened the window so the house wouldn't stank just them driving away I couldn't help but think like it's so unfortunate that Tommy seems to be in trouble because... I wouldn't have left the car. Oh, my
2: God. I was thinking the same thing. He's got I the codes. Like, and all the materials are I'm there.
0: Like, eventually you clear out the bodies and maybe the give spot. them a the burial. And just I wouldn't be fucking leaving. I'm
2: literally thinking in my head, like the moment they re- no. they no. connect with Tommy, book it right
0: back to this fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, haven yeah and that's just the like, spot. And just live. Oh my holy God. shit. man, he had it going. That was literally the well, life.
1: He also owes it to Tess to get Ellie to... Wherever the Firefly doctors or whatever because Tess seemed to really want that. And I feel like Joel owes Tess one. It was a dying wish, guys. I think yeah. it just survived.
0: That'd have been a good get. That'd be a good B to get. Just get I a guess, B. Yeah, need to yeah, go get to an a across the country, yeah. just get a B.
1: <laughs> Any last takes? Kyle, you already said this episode was a 10 out of 10. Right. I love to hear that. Dave, thumbs up for the episode.
2: Oh, yeah. That double thumbs up just a beautiful i we've said it so many times but god damn this <laughs> yeah. was just really such a, a yeah. beautiful episode my only issue is i'm an action guy at the end of the day could have used a little bit more and that would have uh, been a line. 10 out of 10 for me but You'll get in it. terms of romance and love stories that i've seen in a lot of television shows this one is definitely up there with being like one of the just most well done especially in the in just a one episode like these the feelings that you have for these characters by the end of the episode is something that you would feel after watching like a whole season of television with two characters, you know, so the pacing was just so perfect. It really made me feel connected to these characters and just what they were experiencing. It just, it really did bring a smile to my face. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to go back into the, uh, the real realism of zombies being everywhere. I, I like the idea of just putting camera in Bill and Frank's house and just watch them <laughs> do their their daily lives for the yeah. next, you know, five episodes or whatever it is. So just really good.
1: And it's a shame for Jimmy, too. He missed our only Sunshine and Rainbows episode, so it's just going to be all doom and gloom for him. (laughs) But, you know, I'm sure he he will be proud of our coverage this week. And my lasting words as someone who has played the video game or once again, that they definitely diverge from the source material, but to great effect. I think what they did with Bill's character, who was one of the few really noteworthy characters in the game, I just can't see how you could possibly have a problem with it honestly and the acting was well done it it, yeah it was it was just beautiful it really was it it was a well-crafted love story in less than 45 minutes of television so kudos to the writing kudos to the showrunners and like dave said i am hoping we get a little bit more action next week Mm -hmm. but i have a feeling we are as always If you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on bingetowntv.com. And the easiest way to support the pod is to subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. Cool. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.